0: If he's been good, why don't you clap your hands to the Jesus right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, I worship you, Jesus, I praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, amen, amen, amen once again. If you would, turn with me, please, to the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, verse 27. Again, Ephesians, chapter 5, we'll be reading verse 27. I want to say again, welcome to our guests, amen. We're so glad that you've chosen to be with us. I also want to remind you there is a nursery for Ages two and under. If you need it back there, um, it's got a changing table in there and got a speaker that you can listen to. There's some toys in there they can play with. Um, they've been sanitized and all that good stuff. So um, if you if you need a, to take use of the nursery or make use of the nursery, you can. It's right back over here to my left, your right, and uh, that door right by the sound booth. Also, uh, we had mentioned Impact Connecticut during the announcements, and we do have uh, some cards down here that are invite cards. And this this uh, this series of meetings is a district meeting it's in new haven connecticut but uh brother Droston is an amazing evangelist and god has given him a special anointing to help people receive the gift of the holy ghost and if you know anybody that needs the gift of the holy ghost with the evidence of speaking with other tongues invite them uh, to come down there and invite them to go with you that way at least they know one person that they're going to amen Amen. And go with them. Friday night will be in English. Saturday night will be in Spanish. Um, And it's going to be an amazing time. And many, many people are going to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Uh, That's May 13th and 14th. Please, at the end of service before you leave, if you want to grab some of those cards and invite some people out there, please feel free to go ahead and do that. Amen. Amen. Psalm, I know that I I gave you Ephesians. I just want to say this, that Psalm 69 and 34 says, let heaven and earth praise him. And what I believe happened today is that there were angels that were already praising the Lord because the angels are always praising the Lord. But earth joined in with heaven in praising the Lord in this sanctuary today and the angels even showed up to see what was going on and they are still lingering in this place because they desire to look into the things that are getting ready to happen today in this place. Amen. Amen. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 27. It says this, it says that he might present it to himself a glorious church. Not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. That he might present it to himself a glorious church. Amen. I want to preach to you this morning from that very title, a glorious church. A glorious church. Church, why don't you put your Bibles down or your tablets or your electronic devices, wherever you have the scriptures? And why don't you lift your hands to the Lord and lift your voice and pray with me right now? Lord, here we are in your presence, Lord, and we have already felt the touch of your spirit. We feel the brush of angels' wings in this house. God, we know your power is being unleashed in this sanctuary right now. God, you have graced us in such a wonderful manner. We're so humbled by your presence. That is in this place right now. But Lord you didn't just show up. Just to show up. You showed up Lord. To speak to our hearts. And you showed up to change our lives. And you showed up to help us. Prepare ourselves. To impact this community. For the kingdom of God. And so I'm praying Lord. That for the remainder of this service. You would give us ears to hear. What the spirit would say to the church. I pray that you would give. You would anoint our minds. To understand that which you are speaking to your church. And I pray that, Lord, you would give us a heart to receive it and a will to respond to it to it in obedience uh, in the name of Jesus we rebuke and we bind and we take authority over every spirit uh, whether it be demonic or whether it be human that would try to oppose uh, the working of the Holy Ghost and the speaking of the word of God in this place Uh, and we command that you flee from this place right now and we silence every voice that is not the voice of God by the blood of the lamb and by the name of Jesus Uh, and we pray Lord that as your word goes forth uh, that faith and conviction would rise in this place Uh, And you, God, would confirm your word with signs following uh, by stretching forth your hand to heal and deliver and save and wrought even special miracles in this house today. In Jesus' name we pray. Would you clap your hands unto the Lord right now? Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, we're a glorious church. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Seven years he had worked in building that building. That wasn't just any building. It was a building his father had desired to build. It was a great, great temple. And nothing in the world had ever matched its splendor and its beauty And I would even say that probably up to today, nothing in this world has ever matched the splendor and the majesty and the beauty of Solomon's temple that he built. For the Lord. Tons and tons of gold and silver had been brought in and used in its construction. Only the very best lumber had been used in building the temple of the Lord. Only the very best contractors and the most skilled contractors had been hired to do the work that would build the temple of the Lord. It's like nothing the world had ever seen and nothing the world has seen since. It must have been something when after seven years Solomon completed the building of that temple Think of how the atmosphere must have been charged with uh, anticipation uh, and excitement uh, and expectation of what was going uh, to happen. Uh, Because after all, if the glory of God had dwelt uh, in a tent made of animal skins, uh, how much more uh, would God honor the seven years of labor uh, that had gone into building that kind of temple for the Lord? Uh, Amen. I believe if we're going to build something for the Lord, uh, we ought to build it out of the very best that we can offer Him. Amen. We ought to make it a glorious thing. We ought, to, we ought to build something for the Lord and put in every effort that we can. We might not have all the gold and all the silver, and we might not have all the best materials, and we may not even, even be the most skilled at what we are offering to the building of whatever it is that we're building for the Lord. But we still ought to give it our very best, every chance and every opportunity that we get. Can I get an amen in the house? And they began to get ready to dedicate that temple. And that temple was not just any church building. It was not just any kind of temple. But it was a temple that was built specifically to house the presence and the glory of God. And so that day, as they were going to dedicate that temple, they began to bring in the Ark of the Covenant. That same Ark that Israel had carried into battle over and over again, that had gone before them and cleared the way for them and brought them victory in battle after battle after battle. That same Ark that the, the the cherubims uh, uh, the mercy seat sat upon that ark and and that ark represented the glory uh, and the majesty uh, and the splendor of the king of kings uh, and of the lord of lords it was that ark that represented the presence uh, and the glory of almighty god and it was that very ark that they were getting ready to bring into the temple uh, sadly that it's that same ark that one day in the days of eli and samuel because of the sins of israel and because of the sins of Eli's sons in the priesthood. That ark was stolen by the Philistine armies and it was taken out of Israel. And as a result, a young lady went into birth. They went into labor and she gave birth to a son and she named him Ichabod, which means the glory has departed from Israel. What a sad day in the history of God's people when the glory of God departed from Israel. Oh, I don't ever want it to be said of me. It I don't want it ever to be said of this church that we could be called Ichabod, that the glory of God has ever departed. And I am determined that that shall never be the case. It never has been and it's never going to be under my watch, praise God, because we are going to do everything we can to continue to operate in such a way that the glory and presence of God can be felt in the way that we feel it today and in even stronger and more powerful ways. Amen. I'm thankful for the miracles that have happened uh, over the course of the years uh, in this city uh, and in this church. Whether it was in this building uh, or West Main Street or Beattie Street. uh, The miracles and the signs and the wonders that God has already manifest. uh, But I'm hungry for more. I'm not interested in living in the past. I wonder if you're going to help me preach this morning. I wish I could have been a fly on the wall that day as the priest brought the ark of the covenant in to the holy of holies in that temple. For something amazing happened that had never happened before. In 1 Kings chapter 8 and verse 5, King Solomon and all the congregation of Israel that were assembled unto him were with him before the ark. Hmm. Notice it says all the congregation of Israel that were assembled unto him. Unfortunately, sometimes when we get together, not everybody's going to assemble. But the Bible tells us that we should not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is. But we ought to, so much more as that we see the day approaching, we ought to be assembling together. Amen. Amen. Every time the church doors are open, I ought to find my way here. Every time I get an opportunity to be in the presence of God with the people of God, I ought to be able to be there. I ought to make an effort to be there. But all the people that were assembled unto Solomon and they were with him before the ark. Notice what they were doing. They were sacrificing sheep and oxen that could not be told nor numbered for multitude. There were sacrifices that were being made. Can I just tell somebody this morning that sacrifice always precedes glory? Come well, on, I didn't give very many amens on that. Sacrifice always precedes Glory. If we're going to be a glorious church, if we're going to be the kind of church that Jesus said he is coming back for, then we must ensure that the sacrifices of praise and worship never cease. That the sacrifices that we make in devotion to God never run dry. We need to make sure that we never stop sacrificing our time for the kingdom. Make sure we never stop sacrificing our resources for the kingdom. Make sure we never stop sacrificing our flesh to the kingdom. We need to present ourselves as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto the lord which is our what our reasonable service it's the very least we could do to just show up when we're supposed to show up and to just open up my bible when i ought to and pray when i get a when i get a chance and not just when i get a chance but to make time intentionally just spend time in the presence of god even if i sacrifice sleep even if i sacrifice rest Because sacrifice always precedes glory. Josephus, the great Jewish historian, says uh, that on that day when they began to offer the sacrifices uh, in the King James Version of the Bible, it says they were without number. You could not number them. There were so many sacrifices, uh, so many animals that were being sacrificed in that day. There was so much blood that was being shed uh, that that uh, Josephus, the Jewish historian, says that literally the ground That they walked upon as they walked to the altar and towards the temple was saturated with the blood of the sacrifices. I wonder if you can just close your eyes for a moment. And if you can just imagine the squish of wet, wet ground underneath your feet. And I want you to, in your spirit right now, just look down and imagine that you were there that day and you heard that squishing of your feet, and you realize that over your sandals and onto your toenails and onto your the, the 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 feet, onto your feet, and onto the heels of your feet, that there was blood splashing up as you walked through. I know it sounds kind of like a gross thing, but that is what happened. That is the scene, that is what was going on. All of that blood had been shed and it had saturated saturated and super saturated the ground. Can I just tell somebody this morning that you can never get enough of the blood of the lamb in your life? Can I just tell you that our whole lives everything about us needs to be covered in the blood of the lamb and i'm not talking about a literal blood yes jesus shed his literal blood so that we would not have to shed our blood for there is no remission of sins without the shedding of blood that's hebrews 9 22 somebody had to shed their blood but i'm grateful that jesus did that for me but the blood of jesus needs to be over my life and how does that happen when i get baptized in jesus name for the remission of sins. When I repent of my sins and get baptized in Jesus' name, for the remission of sins, His blood is applied to my life. And I need to make sure I maintain that position of repentance throughout the rest of my life. That that, that position of humility and sacrifice all the rest of the days of my life. For when that happens and God fills me with the gift of the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking with other tongues, I have literally become His property. I am no longer my own. I am bought with a price and therefore I am called to glorify Jesus in both my body and in my spirit, which are his. And for the rest of my days, I serve him. For the rest of my days, I honor him. For the rest of my days, I say, Lord, not my will, but thy will be done. Jesus, when he was praying in the garden, even God manifest in the flesh, the human man, Jesus Christ, had to pray, Father, let it not be my will, but let it be your will that was done. And that prayer was so intense that as he prayed, drops of blood came out of his pores with his sweat. and he was bleeding. Paul said to one of the churches that he wrote to that we have not yet resisted unto bloodshed. Can I tell somebody right now? We have not resisted yet unto bloodshed. We're all still alive. And I don't know if there's anybody here yet that has taken stripes because of your faith. The day might come when you have to. And the day might come when I have to. And I pray to God I'm, I'm, I'm bold enough and courageous enough. And I love Jesus enough to be able to go ahead and resist even to bloodshed. But until then, I'm giving Jesus everything I've got. Because my life needs to be saturated with the glory of God. But the only way my life can be saturated with the glory of God is if first my life is saturated with sacrifices of praise and worship and honor to Him. The more saturated the atmosphere around me And the areas I walk in this life are with true worship and sacrifice and praise. The more the Lord will saturate your life with His Spirit, with His glory and with His majesty. I feel like I need to say that again. The more you saturate the atmosphere of your life, the areas around you, the places that you walk with the sacrifice, praise, and true worship of our one true living God named Jesus, then the more that one true living God named Jesus will saturate your life and saturate your spirit with His glory and with His majesty and with His power. Come on, somebody. Our lives ought to be so supersaturated saturated with the glory of God why because the God of glory lives in our hearts you realize that when you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues the glory the God of glory comes to live in your heart and if the God of glory lives in your heart then the glory of God lives in your heart can I get an amen Hallelujah. You know what we're supposed to do when that happens? Then we continue saturating the atmosphere around us with more and more and more praise and worship and sacrifice. And the more we praise and worship and sacrifice then the more he saturates us with his glory. And the more he saturates us with his glory, the more humbled I am. And the more honored I feel. And the more I want to praise him and love him and worship him. What does the old song say? The more I seek him, the more I find him and the more i find him the more i love him oh i love you jesus do you love jesus lift your hands to the lord right now i love you jesus let's just love jesus for a moment i love you jesus i worship you jesus hallelujah hallelujah Hallelujah! the glory doesn't come without the sacrifice and many times the sacrifice comes with suffering Romans chapter 9 verses 22 and 23 says, what if God, so look at this, I love the way he writes this, what if God, willing to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured, look at that, that word endured, endured with much, this is a word we don't like very much, I don't like it, but it's a fruit of the spirit, so I need to have it. Endured with much long-suffering the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction, and that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy. Look at your neighbor and say, that's you. That's me. I'm a vessel of mercy. Amen. I'm only here but by the mercy and grace of God. Amen. I'm a I'm a vessel of mercy that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy which he had afore prepared unto glory. Can I tell somebody that you are a vessel of mercy and God has predestined you for glory. God has afore prepared you for his glory. He has set you up to bestow his glory. And to display his glory and to be the image and glory of God himself in this world But if Jesus suffered To give us glory How much more ought we be willing to sacrifice and maybe even suffer some things for the sake of of the call of him that has prepared us and called us to glory. Jesus suffered and bled and died so he could bestow his glory upon us so that we could spread his glory throughout the ends of the earth. Amen. I want to be a bearer and a carrier of the glory of God. What about you? but yeah, sometimes it has to include suffering. It's just, I don't know why it is, but Joseph didn't get to the palace until he had suffered a lot. Job didn't get his double portion until he had suffered a little bit over and over. David didn't get to the kingdom until he had to run around hiding in caves for years and years and years, and even when he was anointed king, there were still people that opposed and resisted him for seven years, and he didn't come into the full kingdom of Israel for seven years even after that. Listen, there is going to be suffering that comes in your life but and the lord does not promise uh, he does not promise he never promises to keep us from suffering but he promises to be with us in suffering he promises to secure us he promises to intercede for us he promises to help us he promises that he will not suffer us to be tempted above that we are able but in every temptation will make a way of escape uh, that we may be able to bear it uh, amen he doesn't promise that he's going to bring you out of every suffering but he promises he will be with you in till the very end and he will never leave you and he will never forsake you. I don't know what it is about suffering but there's a principle I find in the glory of God or in the word of God that when I suffer there's an eternal weight of glory that is going to rest upon my life. The Bible says that the disciples rejoiced that they were counted worthy to suffer for Christ. Ooh. I didn't go over so well. It's hard to rejoice in suffering. But as they were beaten, and as they were thrown to the lions, and as they were imprisoned, and as they were threatened from death, and even as they were beheading James, one of the pillars of the early church, the Bible says they rejoiced that they were counted worthy to suffer for the name of Jesus Christ. Can I tell somebody what Second Corinthians chapter four, verse seventeen says? It says for our light affliction. Can I tell somebody, you might think it's heavy, but it's it's not as heavy as you think it is. Just get in the presence of God and let him lend you his strength. Oh, I feel that right now in the Holy Ghost. Why don't you lift your hands to the Lord right now? I know you're suffering right now. There are some of you in here that are suffering in such a way that you feel right now that it's too heavy for you to bear, but God says, if you'll let me bear your burdens, if you'll let me lend, me, lend you my strength right now, you will find that this affliction is lighter than what you thought it was in the name of jesus in the name of jesus for our light affliction which is but for a moment can i tell you that this suffering that you're under this weight of affliction that you're under is just for a moment it's just temporary it's not eternal it will not be forever this too shall pass this too shall pass this too shall pass in the name of jesus For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more, not just a little bit more, but far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. The affliction is temporary, but the weight of the glory of God that is going to rest upon you if you endure and suffer a little while is far more exceeding weight and heaviness and greater than you can imagine. And it's not temporary, but it is eternal. So if I got to suffer in the temporal for a little while, then I can suffer in the temporal for a little while, knowing that there's an eternal weight of glory that is so much greater than any suffering I go through. A glorious church. Sacrifice and worship literally permeated the atmosphere around the temple that day. And the relationship between sacrifice and true worship can never be discounted. They are intricately and intimately connected. You cannot separate sacrifice and true worship and you cannot uh, separate sacrifice from the glory of God. As a matter of fact, in the Old Testament worship system, you see that they would bring the sacrifices to the biggest. By the way, the largest piece of furniture in the tabernacle was the brazen altar, which was called the altar of sacrifice. And that's the first place that every person had to had to visit, which also represents repentance, which is why we have to repent before we come to Jesus. But that that altar was the biggest, most profound piece of furniture in all of the tabernacle and that's the place everybody had to visit first. And the sacrifices were made there. There was another altar in the temple. It was in the, most holy, it was in the holy place right before the veil that contained the Ark of the Covenant and, and veiled the glory of God from the people that couldn't stand before the glory of God. And that altar was called the Altar of Incense. And, and the incense that was burned on that altar represented the praises and the worship and the praises of the people the prayers and the worship and the praises of the people were represented by that incense but can I tell somebody that there was only one place that the coals of the fire that burnt that incense could come from and that is the altar of sacrifice any other fire or coals that were brought to burn incense on the altar of incense were not acceptable unto the Lord And when Nadab and Abihu tried to build their own fire and bring it before the Lord and burn incense on that altar, the Lord struck them dead in that very moment. You don't play with the glory of God. Can I tell somebody that? You don't play with the glory of God. I'm not saying God's going to strike anybody dead today. I'm not saying that. We're in a dispensation of grace, and I believe in mercy and grace, and I'm thankful for it. Because many times, maybe I would have been the one struck dead. But I do know this, that my worship is not acceptable to God unless it first goes through the altar of sacrifice. So for me to sit in service and just kind of sit around and do whatever's comfortable for me, that's not acceptable worship for the Lord. For me to only come on Sunday morning and never show up again, now I know if you have business, you have a job, I used to work second shift and I used to not be able to get here on, on Wednesday nights, but... If you don't ever show up for anything else, are you sacrificing anything? And is your worship on Sunday morning acceptable if you can't sacrifice throughout the week? If you're not spending any time with Jesus throughout the week because your sleep is too precious or because you're just too busy because you got so many other things going on, is your worship that you bring on Sunday morning acceptable to the Lord? According to Scripture, it's not. And that's not how you get the glory of God manifested in your life because you can't separate true worship and glory of God from the sacrifices that we're supposed to offer unto him. Abraham was getting ready to go up and offer his son Isaac on the altar, on the mountain. And he told his servants to stay down below. And he said, I... Now listen, he's getting ready to sacrifice his only son, the son of promise that he had waited for for 25 years from the time he heard the word. And he was 100 years old when that son was born. It was a miracle that Isaac was ever born. And God asked him to sacrifice the miracle and the promise on the mountain. And what did Abraham say? He said, he didn't say, I and the lad go yonder to sacrifice. He said, I and the lad go yonder to sacrifice. To worship. And until my sacrifice becomes worship in my heart. I don't have true worship in my heart. Until waking up extra early in the morning. To spend time with Jesus becomes worship to me. Then maybe it's not really acceptable to the Lord. Until that staying up late, because maybe you can't do it early in the morning, but maybe that staying up late at night to spend time with Jesus when you know you really want to sleep and you're tired and you're having to get up and walk around so you don't fall asleep. But until that becomes worship and not just a chore, you're not going to get anywhere with God. But if you will allow that which you sacrifice to become worship, what about your tithes and your offerings that you give and the sacrificial offerings that we give to save our children and Christmas for Christ and Mother's Memorial and all these other offerings that we give? What if they we're just doing that because we want to look good or, or we're just doing that because it's a we're sacrificing but we're doing it grudgingly? God says that, The Bible says that God loves a cheerful giver. What if my giving can become a sacrifice of worship and not just a sacrifice of duty? How much more will God pour out his glory on my life? it got really heavy in here. I feel the conviction of the Holy Ghost right now. I want you to lift your hands to the Lord right now. I don't want to beat anybody up right now, but I feel Jesus is calling us to a greater level of sacrifice. Lord, right now in this place, we want to be a glorious church, but Lord, we're going to have to suffer a little while, and we're going to have to offer up greater sacrifice before we're able to see the glory the way that you want to see it. But God, turn us into a glorious church. Lord, raise our level of sacrifice, but let it not feel like sacrifice any more let me be get to a point where everything i sacrifice is no longer a sacrifice but it's a free will offering and it's something that i cheerfully and willingly give let my prayer time be a time that i can't wait to go to let the place i go to pray be the place that is drawing me all day long so that when i get home i can't wait to get there even if it's just for a few minutes to spend time in your presence let my sacrifice become worship right now. And the Bible tells us. That as a result of all that sacrifice that permeated the ground where the blood was super saturating the ground and even the smell of the sacrifices was all throughout, uh, all throughout the land and all throughout that area. The Bible tells us that something amazing happened as a result of their worship and their sacrifice that permeated that atmosphere. First Kings chapter 8 verses 10 11 it came to pass when the priests were come out of the holy place that the cloud filled the house of the Lord so that the priests could not stand to minister look at that it came to pass when the priests were come out of the holy place that the cloud of glory that means the glory the glory filled the house of the Lord so that the priests could not stand to minister because of the cloud for the glory of the Lord had filled The house of the Lord. I don't know about you, but I remember when Paul said you are temples of the Holy Ghost. I wonder if anybody wants the glory of the Lord. To fill the house of the Lord that is in your heart right now. For you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. And he wants to fill you with his glory in a greater way. And maybe you haven't felt that glory. He wants to restore the glory. I hear the voice of the Lord saying, if you will start sacrificing and if you will get back to where you were and worship once before, I will restore unto you my glory. And the glory of the latter house will be greater than that of the former. And the things that you used to see when you sacrificed and praised and worshiped me, you will see even greater things, saith the Lord. masaye Are you hungry for the glory of the Lord today? Are you hungry for the glory of God today? It was a glorious church, that Old Testament tabernacle. For the glory of God filled the house. And it filled it so thickly and so strongly that the priests couldn't even stand anymore. They had to get out of there or they had to just fall on their faces because it was so powerful. What a marvelous sight. What a wondrous experience it must have been. I've often thought that I would love to have been there for that. I've often wondered what it must have been like. But the Lord reminded me this week, He revealed it to me once more and reminded me once more uh, that we have a new covenant uh, these days uh, that is so much greater than uh, the Old Covenant. Uh, We have a new covenant these days uh, that is full of glory uh, and is greater in glory than anything that happened ever in the Old Testament. Anybody believe that? We have a glory in this covenant that is so much greater than anything that happened with Israel in the days of the law of Moses. In the days of the tabernacle and in the days of the temple. Yes, Solomon's temple was glorious. And yes, Moses' tabernacle was glorious. But the New Testament church ought to so much more be glorious. Matter of fact, the temple in the Old Testament is simply a foreshadowing and a type of the New Testament church. And if Solomon's temple was so glorious and that was still under the law of Moses, how much more glorious should the church of the living God in the age and dispensation of the New Testament of grace, how much more should this should the glory of God dwell in each one of our lives? what Paul said in 2nd Corinthians chapter 3 verses 7 through 11 if the ministration of death written and engraven in stones the Ten Commandments the law of Moses if that was glorious because that was glorious it was in the cloud of glory on top of the mountain that Moses received it if that was glorious so that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses He came off the mountain and his face shone with glory. He had to put a veil over his face because it was so bright. For the glory of his countenance, which glory was to be done away. Look at that. The glory of the Old Testament was to be done away. How how shall not, look at this. This is what we got to get today. How shall not the ministration of the Spirit be rather For if the ministration of condemnation be glory, much more doth the ministration of righteousness exceed in glory. For even that which was made glorious had no glory in this respect. The glory of the Old Testament compares nothing to the glory that's supposed to excel in the church by reason of the glory that excelleth in the New Testament church. For if that which is done away was glorious, much more that which remaineth is glorious. When Jesus died on the cross and that veil was rent in two, it done away with that old covenant. And on the day of Pentecost, when, when the God poured out his spirit for the very first time in this New Testament dispensation, when he did that, it instituted a new covenant that, and that is that which remains, that which is done away, behold, God says, I do a new thing. The old things shall pass away. All things have become new. And now in this new covenant, we have a greater glory that excels far more than even Solomon's temple in all of its glory. Come on, somebody. Because we have the ministration of the Spirit of God that dwells in man. The Old Testaments of old had the Spirit of God dwelling on them and moving on them. But the New Testament saints had the glory and the, and the Spirit of God dwelling in us and working through us. Come on somebody, I'm trying to preach about a glorious church. The ministration of the Spirit ought to be glorious. Glorious. Ministration means that which God endows people with powers of the mind and heart so that they can endeavor zealously and laboriously to promote the cause of Christ among men. Look at somebody and say, that's me. God has given me power so that I can labor zealously and diligently to promote the cause of Christ in this World, I become all things, Brother Rosa, to all men so that some might be saved. Come on, now the ministration of the Spirit in your life ought to be glorious, and the ministration of the Spirit in my life ought to be glorious, and the ministration in the Spirit of every spirit filled saint ought to be more glorious than anything that Elijah ever did, and anything that Elisha ever did, and anything that Moses ever did. Come on, somebody. I understand why you're looking at me with deer in the headlights. That's what's supposed to happen. God, give us a spirit of revelation and understanding right now in this house. I release a spirit of revelation and understanding right now that we can understand what you're trying to tell us. Remove the cloud and remove the blinders off our eyes, Lord. And remove the filters off of our ears that would try to keep us from getting this and grasping this and understanding it. In the name of Jesus. Jesus told the disciples in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, uh, unto the ends of the earth. The power that you have is so you can be a witness. And when you become a witness for God, he will witness his power, and he will confirm his word with signs following, and you will operate in a ministration of the Spirit that is more glorious than anything. That ever happened in the Old Testament. I am part of a glorious church. You are part of a glorious church. And as a matter of fact, you not not only are part of a glorious church, but you are a glorious church. And every time God's people gather together, there ought to be a display of the glory of God. For when the praises go up, the glory comes down. Come on, somebody. When the praises of God go up, the glory of God comes down. For God, the God of glory, the King of glory, inhabits the praises of His people. We're starting to get it. I feel something breaking in the Holy Ghost right now. Hallelujah, the ministration of the Spirit ought to be much more glorious than when just a little bit every once in a while prophet got moved on by the Holy Ghost. Through the ministration of the Spirit of God in our lives, we become a glorious church. In John chapter 14 and verse 12, Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. So the first thing Jesus told the disciples, and by the way, it wasn't just for the disciples, it was for the church, and it was for everybody in the church, for these signs shall follow them that believe, not the licensed ministers, not the pastors, not the ones with the microphone, not the specially gifted because we're all specially gifted by the Holy Ghost in a special way. God gave you special gifts and talents and you need to use them for the glory of God. And when you do, the ministration of the Spirit of God within you through the use of your gifts and, 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 and your callings will be more glorious than anything you can ever imagine. These signs shall follow them that believe. That's me. I'm a believer. I'm a believer. I'm a believer. And so these signs uh, that shall follow me, uh, Lewis Brown, uh, because I'm walking in and I believe in him uh, and I'm walking in the ministration of his spirit in my life. Peter walked up to the lame man at the gate, beautiful in Acts chapter 3, and the man was begging And Peter was walking up, and uh, preachers don't usually get rich unless they're. Well, I shouldn't go there. If you're a preacher and you got rich and you did it in righteous ways and you did it in honest ways, then I I, I commend you. Thank God for the blessing of God upon your life. Share it with me, I could use some of it. Peter wasn't a rich preacher. How do I know that? Because he walked up to this lame man at the gate, beautiful, and he was there with his cup jiggling the couple of of coins that were in there and he was begging because he didn't have any other source of income and Peter walked up to him and he said silver and gold have I none he reached into his pockets he's trying to find something, all he found was a little bit of pocket lint all he found was was, was maybe a handkerchief to wipe, wipe his sweat when he preached there wasn't anything in there but all of a sudden he said wait a minute I feel something in there there's something in there that's greater than silver or gold and as he began to reach into his pocket he began to pull something out that jesus had given him And he began to jingle the keys to the kingdom. And as he began to jingle the keys of the kingdom, the Lord reminded him, These the works that I do, shall you do also. And he looked at that man and he said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I unto thee in the name of Jesus Christ. Rise up and walk. And that lame man immediately jumped up and he began to walk into the temple with them, leaping. And praising God because he had been healed. Can I tell somebody you might not think you have much, but such as you have, offer it to Jesus and little as much when God is in it. Get it, whatever it is that you've got. Don't discount the gifting. Don't discount the anointing. Don't discount what you have. Don't discount that little bit of knowledge you have of the word of God. If you will just use it, God will multiply it ko shot ala bakaya to loboshatach Brother Al, don't discount yourself when it comes to being used in the gifts of the Spirit. God is imparting gifts unto you. And it's time to step up in boldness and allow God to use you. In the name of Jesus, lift up your hands right now, brother Al. God is imparting something unto you right now. He is going to release a gift, some giftings unto you. And I release boldness into your Spirit right now to operate in it. We are a glorious church because we have the ministration of the Spirit, uh, which is rather glorious. Shatalobo <sighs> koshihatalabasha kotalobo shata Stephen wasn't an apostle. He wasn't a disciple in the sense of walking with Jesus. He wasn't a licensed preacher or anything like that. But Peter went down and began to preach. uh, And he began to teach. And the Bible says uh, that he was laying hands on the sick and they were being healed. And he was casting out devils uh, because he was not a preacher and not a, a magnificent teacher or not a licensed minister or some sort of labeled prophet or apostle. Stephen was just a man of faith. Who had the Spirit of God ministering in and through him, and he was going about the Father's business, and God used him through the ministration of the Spirit that was rather glorious. Philip went down to Samaria and began to preach. And as he preached, the people with one accord, Acts chapter 8, verses 6 through 8, gave heed to that which Philip spake. Why? Because they heard and they saw the miracles which Philip did. If you want people to pay attention to what you have to say about Jesus. Then pray that God will confirm His word with signs following so that people can see and hear the miracles that you do. I wish somebody would get this right now. It's not just the pastor and the bishop and the licensed preachers, it's every single one of us that are a part of the glorious church that experience the ministration of the Spirit. God wants to use you to lay hands on the sick and see them recovered. God wants to see you take authority over unclean spirits and see chains broken and see. Uh, addictions destroyed uh, and yokes of addiction destroyed because of the anointing and he wants to do it through you in the name of Jesus. But Jesus didn't just say the works I do, you're going to do. He said greater works. That word greater means more extraordinary and more wonderful. Jesus told the disciples, you will do greater More extraordinary and more wonderful and wondrous things than I did when I walked the earth. Hmm. Come on, somebody. The early church was a glorious church. Not just because they did that which Jesus did, but they did greater works. Than what Jesus did, what did they do? Well, here's the deal. You know, Luke, Luke said this when he wrote the gospel. He he wrote it. He wrote an Acts. He said, "The former uh, treatise I have written unto you of all that Jesus what began, both to do, and teach. Jesus didn't come to necessarily finish something. He did come to finish the sacrifice and the work of salvation, but he came to start something." Come on, just say that again. Jesus didn't just come to finish the work of salvation, but he began. He came to start the ministration of the Spirit and start and plant a glorious church that would spread to the ends of this earth, age, through age, through the ages, ages, ages world without end. That means that even in 2021, we ought to be seeing greater works. What do I mean by greater works? Well, the word got out about how Peter had healing power through the ministration of the Spirit that was in him. And the Bible says uh, that while they, uh, while they, Peter would be walking into an area, passing through an area, people would press uh, their way. Listen, people in Jesus's day when he walked the earth uh, would press their way through the crowd uh, and reach out just so they could touch uh, the hem of Jesus, his garment, so they could be healed uh, and d- of diseases and delivered of their afflictions. Uh, but when, in, when Peter walked this earth uh, after he received the gift of the Holy Ghost uh, and he began walking in the ministration of the spirit the bible says uh, that the the people began to press their way through the crowds Uh, when peter was passing through the through the the town uh, they would press their way through the crowds that just the very shadow of peter might pass over them and when the shadow of peter touched them uh, they were healed uh, of their diseases uh, and they were delivered from unclean spirits Uh, i'm talking about greater works uh, in a glorious church Church. It had never been done before, but it happened because of the ministration of the spirit through a vessel that decided he wanted to be a part of a glorious church. Greater works. The Bible says that Paul. That the Lord began to wrought special miracles. By the hands of Paul. It's in Acts chapter 19. You can read about it. Verse 12. So that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons. Hmm. They cut off pieces of his clothing, literally. Or took his sweat rags. And they sent them to people. And when those rags, those pieces of clothing from Paul's body would touch the people that it was brought to. The diseases departed and evil spirits went out of them. I'm talking about greater works. Uh, It had never been done before. Uh, but that doesn't mean it can't be done and i feel in the holy ghost uh, that in these last days god is going to pour out uh, his spirit in such a way uh, that there are going to be things that we haven't even heard of or seen before that god is going to do uh, through this church uh, through the ministration of the spirit of this church Uh, that is what god wants to do Uh, the early church was a glorious church uh, that did greater works but guess what The apostolic church in the 21st century traces our lineage back in the spirit all the way back to the apostolic church of the first century. And if the apostolic church of the first century was a glorious church, how much more should we, as the apostolic church in the 21st century, 2,000 years closer to the coming of Jesus, how much more should we also be a glorious church? The ministration of the Spirit is so much more glorious and greater than that of the law. And if we're going to be defined as a glorious church, then we ought to have the ministration of the Spirit in such a glorious fashion that it at least equals that of the first century church. The apostolic church of the 21st century is being remade to look like the apostolic church of the first century. I feel like my mission of God for this life it's to help him in whatever spheres of influence I have to restore the 21st century apostolic church to the operation and function and power of the 1st century apostolic church. It was never supposed to stop. It was never supposed to be watered down. It was never supposed to cease. Miracles and signs and wonders were never supposed to cease. And God wants to use me. And because I'm the pastor of this church, God wants to use you to restore the church to its glory. And I thank God for a bishop that has allowed the glory of God to work. And it has grown over the years in New Britain. But God wants us to go further because every generation is supposed to widen the trails that the next generation can walk. And I'm so thankful for the trail that Bishop and Sister Trine and the elders of this church have paved. But God wants to widen the trail in this generation uh, so that there could be greater apostolic manifestation and function than has ever happened before. Even in a first century church, God wants to do special miracles Uh, just because it has never been done doesn't mean it can't be done. Can I get an amen in the house? We are supposed to be a glorious church. Would you stand with me, please? God declares that this day, the Pentecostals of New Britain will serve as an example to other churches in this region and even in this world of what true apostolic ministry looks like. Your pastor has a regional position with the World Network of Prayer and is connected in the region in different areas. And I'm not saying that to lift me up or to magnify me, but God has strategically placed your pastor pastor in a place of influence in this region and the reason he's done it i believe is because he pastors because i pastor this church it's not about me but it's about you god was speaking to me about our city and he said new britain is a gateway city there are things in New Britain, there, there are gateway cities in, in the spirit realm. And there, there are cities that are, are just gateways to all kinds of things in our country. New York City is one of them. Washington, D.C. is another one. Many things in New Britain are modeled after New York City, a gateway city. And after Washington, D.C., as a matter of fact, where we were prayer, doing our prayer walk-in Friday night at Walnut Hill Park, the guy that designed that, designed it to look like a place that he built in D.C. And God spoke to me and said that this city is a gateway city. And through this church, because of our influence in this city, God is going to begin something that is going to spread throughout this region. That is a restoration of the glory of the apostolic church. And so however or in whatever way God uses your pastor is going to be an outflow of how he is operating in this church. And not about me again because I believe God wants to do it through every single one of you because we're all temples of the Holy Ghost. We all have the Spirit of God living in us and the ministration of the Spirit needs to be in every one of our lives. So the Pentecost is of New Britain. I'm telling you, this is my vision right now. We will not only be a glorious church, where we're also going to show others how to be a glorious church. There are going to be many. I'm prophesying right now. Even through our Spanish church, Brother Milton, there are going to be many that come to this church to figure out what apostolic, apostolic operation and function and power really look like. There are going to be many that come and hear about the great wonders and miracles and signs that God is doing through this church. Because of you, not because of me. And if you'll sell out, and if you'll up your level of sacrifices that we already talked about, and if you'll allow the Spirit to minister through you, God is going to do such great things in New Britain that people are going to come, and churches are going to come and try to figure out what is it that you're doing and we become a gateway for this region and for, for even, even, I see it even being global, that, that there are going to be people that come to this church and they may not, may not even stick around. They may be coming just to learn something. But when they go out, they are taking something with them that is a piece and a part of the apostolic operation that God wants to do in these last days before He comes again. So I want every hand lifted in this house right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So many, even in the apostolic church, have tried to water down what greater works means and try to say we can't do anything greater than what Jesus did in Scripture. To try to water it down just to include salvation and say that salvation is what's greater than what the Old Testament did. But that was not the intent of God's statement, Jesus' statement in that verse. He literally meant the works I did on Earth would be replicated, and even greater than these, more extraordinary and more wonderful works. And they should not be something that do not grow and get greater and greater and greater. And I feel the spirit of the Lord saying to this church, I will show you greater works than you have ever seen or heard of. And these include great outpourings of my spirit, but so much more. I wish faith would begin to rise in your heart right now, for this is what the spirit of God is declaring unto us. You will look back on this day and you will remember this word and you will say with gusto and it. It came to pass. It came to pass what God said. I want you to let this word penetrate every fiber of your being right now. And every framework of your mind. I pray that you would allow God to write it in the very deepest recesses of your heart right now. We are a glorious church we're not like the churches around. we're not like the churches up the block. we're not like the churches we're, we're not a Nicobod church. We are a glorious church. And we are going to become more and more and more glorious through the ministration of the Spirit of God through every member of this body in the name of Jesus. And I just want to remind you what the prophet Jeremiah said. In Jeremiah 32, 27, God said through him, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Is there anything too hard for God? The answer is a resounding no. And if you're facing a situation right now in which you need something impossible to be done for you, I am inviting you to come down to this altar right now. And there are going to be others that pray with you through the ministration of the Spirit. And I wish you would let faith rise right now that you are going to receive a miracle. There is nothing too hard for the God we serve. If you need a miracle, why don't you come down here right now? If you need a miracle, come down here right now. God is going to do it. God is going to do it. Maybe it's a financial miracle and you see impossibilities, but God is going to release some kingdom resources. Maybe it's a healing you need in your body. God is going to heal you today. Maybe it's a miracle you need in your family. God is going to heal your family right now. God is getting ready to change the situation on your job. Come on, somebody. Work your way down here. If you need a miracle, work your way down here right now. Don't let doubt come into your mind that it's impossible. Don't let doubt come into your mind that it can't happen. God says there's nothing too hard for Him and it is going to happen. Look at all this. There are all these people that need miracles. There are all these people that need miracles. Listen, if, if you're not one that stands in need of a miracle right now, I want you to reach out to somebody, lay hands on them and pray that God is going to do their miracle, do that miracle for them right now in the name of Jesus. These signs shall follow them that believe. You can pray with people. You can see them receive miracles. In the name of Jesus. come on there's a ministration of the spirit that is happening right now and it's glorious there's a ministration of the spirit that is happening in this house right now and it is a glorious ministration it's not just the mundane but there is something powerful and miraculous that is happening in this place right now Listen, you're a believer. You're a believer. So even if you need a miracle right now, why don't you get to get to somebody next to you uh, or somebody that's in this altar uh, and why don't you look at them and say, "What? how can I pray for you right now? How can I pray for you right now and let God do that miracle in them? God is going to use you to do a miracle in somebody's life uh, right now, right now. That's it. God's just filling somebody with the gift of the Holy Ghost. You don't feel you know much when you use that which God has already planted in you to help others. God says, I will rather make an administration of my spirit glorious in your life, and I will even show forth my powerful hand by doing the miracles in your life that need to be done as you serve me in the name of Jesus. Come on, Father, leading of the Holy Ghost, but find somebody to pray with right now. Find somebody to pray with. God is going to use you to work a miracle in somebody's life right now. God is going to... God is going to use you to work a miracle in somebody's life. There is literally the gift of working of miracles in operation right now. There is a gift of working of miracles that is in operation in this place right now. And it is not just me or the preachers, but it's all of you right now. Because it is showered upon each and every one of us that are Holy Ghost filled in this house right now. For you to use in this moment because God is building your faith. we talked about it in the message that by the hands of Paul special miracles were wrought by God and they would took they would take pieces of his clothing or aprons or handkerchief from his person and they would take it to those who were possessed with unclean spirits or who had diseases in their bodies and when they received those things they were delivered or they were healed and by that principle we do prayer cloths in the New Testament and we have some prayer cloths right here that have been prayed over, they've been anointed and I'm going to put them right here and if you feel like, if you know somebody that needs a miracle if you know somebody that needs a healing I want you to by faith take these prayer cloths and I want you to take it to them And I believe God is going to do an absolute miracle in their lives when you do it. Amen. Mm. Mm. And there are some of you that are skeptical of that right now. But it's in the Word of God. And I just kind of feel like God's saying, try me. try me. Even if you have a little bit of doubt, if you can just muster up a faith to give God a try in this matter, grab one of those prayer cloths, take it to that sick person and watch God do a miracle in their lives. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. God's still moving in the altar right now. Amen. We do have a baptism after service. Lucy is being baptized and we're excited about that. So I'm going to step out and start getting ready for that. Brother Rose is going to cl- come in just a second. And he's going to close the service.
1: to remind everyone that we do have Spanish service tonight and we do have the flyers for impact up front. You can grab as many as you would like. Let us thank the Lord for ministering to his people this morning. Let us thank God for establishing a house of praise in new britain where we can gather together to be ministered by his spirit let us thank the lord for those that are in our lives that continue to keep us in prayer that we may find the strength to move forward let us thank god for the opportunity to wake up yet another day and have a sane mind when we weren't able to do that before Today there are hope, there's promises, there's salvation, and there is eternal life promised to those that want it. You are all dismissed in Jesus' name.